So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, if you're a parent, if you're crazy busy, if you already own another business, but you've got a passionate itch you want to scratch, you're going to love today's podcast. Valentina Khan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Hey, for uh, for you know a lot of my listeners, because I, I interview entrepreneurs, I you know in your case, right, someone that's building this new business from scratch over the last couple of years, and a lot of real estate people and mortgage people and CEOs of companies, give them a little background. Who is Valentina? Oh my gosh, um, Valentina... Wow. So I went to law school. Yeah. That was a real struggle. Yeah. Why? Why? It was just so hard. It wasn't, it was great being in the classroom. Yes. Doing the Socratic method. Yes. Leaning in on friends, learning about how their minds work. Mm -hmm. What I didn't enjoy was the actual, let's think about going to war with somebody. Yeah. Let's think about conflicts. And mm-hmm. of course, I love conflict resolution, yes. but I don't like the actual conflict. Yes. And so I realized, oh man, I just have to get through these few years yeah, and maybe not ever practice, like not even ever pursue it, but just get through it. Cause I, I wanted to be able to say I did it. I didn't give up. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I was the person who ran hurdles, mm-hmm. fell a million times and yeah. still finished the race. And I was yeah. so embarrassed. I'd have like cuts and scrapes and bruises and my friends would be on the sidelines, go, go, go. And I wouldn't give up. So that's just me. That's awesome. So all right, your last name's Khan. So yeah. I was like, Genghis Khan? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like, I mean, I know there's a lot of cons. Um, right. So where are you from originally? Well, no, I was born and raised in Orange County. Okay. I mean, North Tustin yeah. is my hood. Yeah. Yeah. Shout Love out to it. Foothill High School. <laughs> uh, my family's been in Tustin since the 70s. Okay. They uh, migrated from Jersey. Yeah. They all, so mom's from Iran, dad's yeah. from India. Yeah. Dad was going to be a Bollywood actor. Oh my God, that's classic. <laughs> He's going to crack up if he hears this. Yes. His father was like um, a really awesome archaeologist and mm-hmm. like excavated all these cool caves in India. Wow. And hung out with really awesome people and said, I don't want a son who's going to be a Bollywood actor. You're mm-hmm. going to go straight to America, get your MBA, and then come back and do whatever the heck you want to do. Yeah. And then in the process, when he moved to Jersey, he met, he met my mom, and then she came from Iran, and it was like game over. That's they just, awesome. Yeah, they both came here for education and to make a better life for themselves, and then I, I'm first generation. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. So everybody's got a backstory, and it's always interesting to sort of look for the patterns yeah. of you know, why, why did people do what they do? So why did you go into law school? I mean, you, it didn't sound like a great experience for you, but, (sighs) but you learned conflict resolution, which is so much of business, which we're going to get into today. Right. Um, why did you go to law school? Because I, you know, growing up, I was always really good with people. I loved my friends. I loved Mm -hmm. meeting new friends. High school to me was like the world compressed into one small community. It was just, I had the like, you know, people with the saggy pants that I was friends with, the people who were, you know, the tennis players, you know, I I just crossed, I was able to cross over. And whenever there was an issue, I was able to help people. For some reason, I was just that person. So for me, it was like, okay, naturally, maybe law school. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. then when I got there, I was like, oh, God, this is not fun. This is horrible. <laughs> and so I went to SC for my undergrad. Yeah. I did English literature and there was a lot of reading and writing. And sure. you kind of fall into maybe you just do law school after. Mm-hmm. Of course, I had parents who were saying you must go to law school. I was wondering if that there was we go. Yeah. yeah. Yes, so very yes. traditional cultural thing, yes, yes. you know, doctor, engineer, lawyer. Yeah. And I'm not a blood and guts person. Yeah. You know, respect to the doctors and physicians out there. Yeah. Not really mathematical engineering person Mm -hmm. so I was like okay I could do it but once I got there I realized I'm so much more creative and growing up I guess the word entrepreneur was so mystical it was like Mm -hmm. a mystical word Mm -hmm. and nobody in my life was really implementing it one time I asked my dad dad what do you do like what's your role he's like I'm in business I said but like what I have to introduce who you are in a class presentation like mom's an engineer but what are you he's like entrepreneur and his funny little accent (laughs) and I was like I love that word yeah but I like let it sit in the back of my mind but I never like um, dove into it Mm -hmm. so he was an entrepreneur and so is my mom actually so many years later and so are so many women in my family and Mm -hmm. my husband and now me and yes um, but law school was a great foundation and and so it's it was a really good way to get my butt kicked yes and to be get super humble in yeah. life and um, face adversity that mm-hmm. you know so well in terms of education. Yes. And not everything that you do are you're going to be great at, but that doesn't mean you have to quit it either. Yeah. So I didn't want to quit, and so yeah. There's there's something to finishing. Yeah. You know, so many people just and again, you know, just you know, for all my friends out there listening, I think everybody can relate to this. We all have times in our life where we're like, I'm so passionate about this, I want to do it, and then you get into it, and you're like, this is stupid. <laughs> But oftentimes that's just the lesson you need to learn. Yeah. Right. And it sounds like you were, you know, you were able to get that, whether it was, you know, running track and field or, right. you know, into college. Um, so, so tell, tell about your husband, cause you guys own this incredible tennis club, uh, that, you know, we've been a part of forever and ever. And that was sort of, you know, sort of the, the personal connection of this. Yes. Um, how long have you guys had the club and, and, you know, were you guys together entrepreneurs before, or is this, was this the first endeavor and now what you're doing? Yeah, so he, my husband's been in tennis since he was 13. He was mentored by Nick Boletari, yeah, yeah. Um, so much so that Nick became like a second father to him, yeah. that he um, completely adopted his name and legally changed his name. His yeah. middle name has Boletari in it now. Yes. Um, and he's just been in the game for a long time. Mm-hmm. However, when I met him, he was super entrepreneurial and always doing different things, but tennis was always his go-to. Mm-hmm. And um, we were we had that opportunity to get into that tennis club industry Mm -hmm. not just so much Sean as the coach anymore Mm -hmm. to developing players it became Sean as a operator and owner of a tennis club yes which means members which means hospitality which Which means means management management. finance taxes legal yes so many things and we were pregnant with our second child yeah um so it was pretty much our first rodeo together yeah but you know I also was invited to to become more involved in the space I'm in now, which is in philanthropy. And Sean knew because I went to law school and it was kind of weighing heavy on me. Am I going to take the bar exam? Am I actually going to pursue that career? Mm -hmm. Um, Or am I going to do something in nonprofit, nonprofit, community building, things that I actually love. And I actually got my master's in that. And so I was like, I need to figure out a cross section between the law and the nonprofit world. And I love you so much, but I don't know if I can help you 100% in the yeah. tennis club world. Yes. So literally, it was a big, huge 
juggle yes for the last five years yes and like me kind of letting him do his thing and never seeing him scheduling times to see each other having the baby and him literally being on the court until like the 11th hour yes. <laughs> you know yes. for him to show up and be there the entrepreneurial juggle i mean especially because he was still you know you're technically that business is still a startup yeah it's a it's right? five, five got, years in yeah and you've got hundreds and hundreds of members and cash flow and revenue right. but it's still a startup yeah they say 10 years right yep. so yep. and we're both five years in i'm five years in with investors philanthropic and yep. he's five years in with the club so let's talk about investors philanthropic. So what was the what like what is it? Yes. And then let's get into the origin of it because this is really you know the the you and Sean path is one part. Yeah. But this is really your you know, yes. this is your third baby, right? Absolutely. Two babies, <laughs> technically three because of her husband. <laughs> this is your fourth baby. There we go. And and that's the that was the itch that you wanted to scratch. So, yeah. So what is the company? What's the purpose? What does it do? And then let's talk about you know how you built it and what's working and what's not working and the lessons and all that good stuff. Absolutely. I mean, so investors philanthropic is a donor advised fund. What does that mean? Donor advised funds are 501c3 mm -hmm. charitable giving vehicles. Mm -hmm. So back in the day, having a private family foundation was like the thing to do. Yes. And then throughout time and more so in the 90s, mm -hmm. the donor advised fund space blew up. Yes. Vanguard, Fidelity, Schwab, mm -hmm. all of them kind of entered into the space because they were able to roll over their current clients into a charitable fund, which gives their clients yep. a tax deduction immediate. Yep. And then Fidelity, let's just say, manages those assets and they grow those assets tax-free. And those people can then be charitable at any point in time later in life or immediately that year. There's like a flexibility. So there's a tax write-off upfront. Right. You donate 10 grand, 100 grand, 100 million dollars. Yeah. And you get that tax break, then the money appreciates over time tax-free and you also get that tax break well it's a tax it, it, well it's the tax-free growth so the when you have growth. when you have that, for whoever you're donating the money to right love it and you love can it. donate to a variety of causes whereas in a private family foundation mm -hmm. you're kind of stuck to your mission yeah and you have to allocate five percent every year and then on top of that your assets that grow you're taxed two percent excise tax on Correct. it Correct. So basically what happened was this was all mumbo jumbo to me five yes, years ago, yes. but I loved the ability to, to work with a donor and then give to a nonprofit yes. and then be in this space where the donor's being really strategic, really savvy, mm -hmm. and their charitable dollars are flexed over time. Like they're, they're grown over yes. time. So there's more to give away. So I loved that concept. So the chairman of the fund, he is actually the landowner of the tennis yeah. club. So that's how he and I met. He like, he met Sean in his office after Sean was going into his office daily yes. to kind of court him to say, hey, give me the opportunity at the tennis club. And then eventually when the deal was just settling, he's like, I'd like for you to meet my wife. And then he said, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm in limbo. I'm thinking to study for the bar, but I love nonprofit. And I just finished this master's that kind of catered in the nonprofit space. He said, you need to come to my office and we need to talk because there's something called donor advised funds. And I want to create a very concierge style donor mm -hmm. advised fund local in Newport Beach to high net worth donors and to help people be able to give flex flexibly and invest flexibly yeah and those other guys aren't doing it so well so we yeah. need to do it yeah so that was a very long explanation I, to but i love <laughs> it because like every business so for the person watching or listening right now they could be in real estate they could be running a team they could be in the mortgage business finance business they could be a tech company right entrepreneur at the end of the day it's finding a problem yeah. and filling a need yes finding a problem and filling a need like that's that's business from the beginning of time sure so so for the person listening 
you had to go out and find clients, right? AKA find donors, yeah. people that wanted to use this vehicle versus something else. Yeah. In our world, we would call that prospecting. Yes. We call it marketing. Yes. We call it nurturing. We call it following up, closing deals, right? So, Absolutely. so was that innate for you? Was that second nature for you? Or did, are these new skills that you're still learning? So I've been listening a whole bunch to your podcasts and I, I cross them over to what I'm doing. Sure. Like making those calls four to five appointments a day, yes. you know, finding who your prospects are, mm -hmm. you know, all of that stuff, but getting on the, the horn and yeah. just calling people, cold yes. calling. That's yes. crazy. So we thought, I love it for, first of all, I love it. And I haven't had to do it until this year, mm -hmm. but this year we're in coronavirus times. Yes. So it's been a different kind of, cause in the pivot. past you could do events and parties and more social, if you will. Yeah. So how, so tell us about that transition. Well, so what happened was all of last year we were mm -hmm. filming mm -hmm. for our marketing arm called joy of giving. Yes. So what we thought is instead of, you know, Valentina kind of going into the world and talking to estate planning attorneys and mm -hmm. CPAs and investment advisors literally knocking on their doors to in introduce our fund to yes. them. Let's create joy of giving. Um, joy of giving is me coming and interviewing people like Tom Ferry who are charitable and who are business leaders and then going to an event that maybe you were a part of or a yes. charitable gala you were a yes. part of and interviewing that nonprofit, that executive director mm -hmm. and asking them, what is your nonprofit all about? You know, tell us why you're passionate about yeah. it. So we filmed, so all of last year was so fun. I had, yeah. it was zero talking to donors and cold calling, mm -hmm. but all talking to nonprofits and awesome business leaders in the yes. community. And so we filmed 32 episodes, none of which have launched yet because we want to launch it this year. Yeah. And uh, we had to do that editing and, you know, a bunch of things just to get it ready. Um, but it was hard because I had to literally call those nonprofits or call that business leader and say, hey, we haven't launched. We are this show. Yes. And uh, do you want to be featured? You know, do you want to be in a it was crazy talking to people that you know I've shared with you that I've sure. talked to, and it was just getting over that fear to inter interview somebody yes. or being on camera, and then being able to do like a soft sale of Investors Philanthropic sure. versus like in your face. Yes, this is sponsored by Investors Philanthropic type yes. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I know today's show <laughs> was brought to you by. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a lot of lessons in there. So I'm okay. I'm gonna razz you. Yeah. Was that call avoidance? You know, did you create, I mean, cause you know, I'm a fan of the show. I mean, you know, so she's, you know, listen to Gary Vaynerchuk. You've yeah. been exposed to a lot of this stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. So I've always believed you should create the content and be making the calls, create the content and be making the calls. Yeah. So I'm busting your chops, but yeah. it is a podcast and right, it's okay. Right. Were you just avoiding making the phone calls? Like was this, or was this like a strategic, like, Hey, I'm going to create all this content, then release it, maybe have more of a brand in the marketplace and then make the call with some awareness. There you go. I think I just let you off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> you pretty much said it because you're yes. that smart no, and savvy well, yeah. when it comes to these things as well. Like, you know what's up. So that was, yeah, we all had like a board meeting mm -hmm. and we said, how are we going to do this? Yeah. Are we going to call people but still not have a brand? Yeah. Um, and then, so we have like a network of people we want to speak to and especially because sure. we're dealing with donors that have been in the industry and know what a donor advice yes. fund is and we're trying to get them over this way for, for a variety of reasons, like why ours would be yes. better, our donor yeah. advised fund is better. And so it wasn't so much cold calling a bunch of people who didn't know about it. It yes. was like the ones who were already savvy. But the 
the part which was difficult was convincing like nonprofits that this is good exposure for them sure. or speaking to people like Robert Shapiro. Sure. And he was like, you know, he was a really fun person to, to court, you know, yes. like, hey, can I interview you? And he didn't know what I was. He's like, are you a host of a YouTube show or are you managing director of a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of a donor? Like, who are you? Yes. So it's yes. like wearing both of those hats. Yeah. That's what I was doing all year last year. Yeah. This year I'm more managing director, ready to talk to donors, ready to make cold calls. Yeah. And explain to the world what a charitable giving vehicle is. Yeah. So how's that working out? I mean, you certainly you, you, you have this strategy of, okay, step one, we're going to like lay the foundation, build the brand, create the credibility. And, and it's a competitive space. I mean, it's for all my friends out there watching, this yeah. is a very competitive, it's just like getting someone to say, I'd like you and Sean to move all of your money from bank A to bank B. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's that kind of right. advanced, you know, call it prospecting, maneuvering, et cetera, positioning. Right. So now here you are and you say, okay, this is the year we're going to make phone calls yeah. and COVID hits. Right. So what did you do? I made, I still made those phone calls. So I started literally, well, now everybody's kind of, you know, in yeah. person. Yeah. So I got a really cute setup at the Newport Beach Country Club. And yeah. I was like, I told the people there, hey, you'll see me often. I'll mm -hmm. probably be, probably be here one to two times a week for lunch yep. and I'm going to invite people. Yep. And so they were fine with it because I didn't want them to say like, this is a golf country club. Why yeah. are you showing up yeah. in a suit and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, constantly bringing yeah. guests. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually have this, I had a strategy, which I'm going to share with you. Yes. I would love your input. I made a friend in the banking industry mm -hmm. and this friend is also into people and charities and, you know, they're the clients of yes. this friend is clients of the bank. Yes. So we like to team up and basically sh this friend will come with me to a lunch meeting and invite one of the, the clients of his own yes. network. Mm -hmm. And then we just talk shop, you know, introduce. Oh, thank you. Well, so yeah. that was, our, yeah. that was one of our strategies for this, yep. for this last few months because prior no, the country club itself wasn't even really open yeah. for sitting down and eating yes so that was kind of like my first um in was yes. hey bank <laughs> you have these clients and why don't i invite you to lunch and why don't you invite your client because you need to do that anyway with them yep. and uh, let's talk and so that was pretty much step one that's a classic business move that every person watching and listening to can relate to you know, yeah you're, <clears throat> you're an you're an agent and you're or you're right. a lender and you're like who do you know? Hey, you know, it's a, hey, let's have lunch, bring two or three. We actually taught a strategy. Uh -huh. One of our coaches would say, um, tested this early. He right. said, you, you basically, you're trying to build your sphere. So you meet Valentina and you're like, Valentina, I'd love to take you to lunch. Bring four or five of your friends from the office mm -hmm. and we'll all have lunch together, mm -hmm. right? And it was a way for this person to very quickly expand who do they know, yeah. right? And if you've already sold this person a house or you've done a deal with them as an example, now all of a sudden you have some relatability. Now you're just you're just talking and chatting and all those people go into your database. Yes. Now, obviously during COVID, a little bit different. Right. Hey, invite all your friends to a Zoom session, and <laughs> right? Yeah. So did you do some of that as well? Yes. So it, well, Zoom is not my thing so much. I love seeing people in person. Sure. You know, or even just a phone call. But yeah, we st I started doing a little bit more mm -hmm. of Zoom. I think in the, what we did the first half of the year was cross our T's, dot our I's, yes. finish up our episodes, yeah. put all of our sponsors on each episode. Yeah. So it was more like back office stuff. And now this, you know, last quarter of the year, it's 
go out into the world yes. and talk to people and introduce investors philanthropic, why we feel we're superior to private mm -hmm. family foundations sure. and the financial institutions that have their own donor mm -hmm. advised funds. And you get me and I'm super passionate and I'll take care of you and, you yeah. know, and what you care about because I care about it too. So things like that. It's, yeah. But it's not like a cast your net wide thing. No, it's a very narrow turn. Yeah. Build your relationships yeah. and brick by brick, step by step. So it probably will take me 10 years. Yes. You know, and yes. I'm okay with that. Patience is <laughs> is the key. Yeah. But and, and finishing. And finishing. And finishing. Yeah. Finishing what you start. So so what do you think over the next, you know, 12, 18, like how will you know when you're successful? Like how will you know when it's working? Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work and the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. How will I know when it's working? When people are talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I actually have educated somebody who was totally unaware mm -hmm. of what a charitable giving vehicle was. Yes. So people think private family foundations and then they don't even think a donor advised fund. Mm -hmm. And if they heard about it, they're still very vague. They, they don't know why it's more superior, for example, sure. to a private family foundation or what what the benefits are to them. Yeah. So if I talk to more people and more people really get it, and that light bulb is on, that for me will be like a sign of success. Okay, I can end the podcast right here because if every person listening to this who's one of my friends hears, <laughs> if I just talk to enough people, <laughs> if I just talk to enough people, good things always happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so what would you say has been the biggest mistake you've made along the journey? Um, What's been the, what, I mean, like, yeah, we all get course. punched in the face. Every entrepreneur gets punched in the, you know, I think of you and Sean with the tennis club. Yeah, oh, so many there. When there's all these legal battles and what's going to happen and oh my goodness. like, and, yeah. and yet, you two stayed on your mission and you persevered. And, you know, I know you say you weren't as involved, but I know you. You were <laughs> behind and making sure that, you know, he was able to, to do what he had to do. So yes. it was a, a we thing. Right. What's been the biggest heart? What's been the biggest hurdle for you? No, there's, and there's so many. Right. I mean, I, I love when you say the fail forward fast yes is that yes i love it. when you say that because yeah. i've been saying that to me mm -hmm. mistakes because i think law school after going sure. through that and like failing so much but still mm -hmm. getting through it like yes stupid law school i'm gonna get through this darn thing bar exam's another story but i mean i'm just saying getting through that was a huge failure in itself right. in terms of not getting to the top and not getting that partnership and some, you know, huge law yes. firm, you know, yes. cause you don't just go to law school to kind of just like flatline with it. Yeah. You usually go to law school to practice On and become, mission. right. Yes. So for me, that was kind of a fail, you know, in, mm -hmm. in that sense, but it was such a fail that turned into a win mm -hmm. that I'm so happy about it. Yes. Um, but in my business world so far, um, I think the most recent fail was not getting on the phones, phone lines earlier mm -hmm. because donors have been putting money into donor advised funds starting back in August, right. September. <clears throat> and we yeah. were kind of, we weren't asleep at the wheel. We were still being very cautious about our launch and our soft launch. So I wasn't you know, necessarily out there prospecting. Yes. I was still very timid about it. Like, okay, let's finish Joy of Giving. Let's finish Joy of Giving. And I, I didn't start talking about it. So 
For example, yesterday I had a call with an investment advisor out in Los Angeles and he said, oh my gosh, I wish you had called me two months ago because literally we advised our don our clients mm -hmm. to give to you know a donor advised fund a couple million dollars. We just moved over there. Yeah. And you know, I listened on the phone and I just had to take a breath and I said, okay, you know, that was for me a learning experience. Yes. Like when you're ready, you just gotta go. You can't yeah. wait for the perfect moment. No. Okay, every person listening went like this. Oh, I know, a couple million dollars. Like, hey, I know I haven't talked to you in a while. And I sold you a house like seven years ago. Just want to check in. Oh my God, that's great. We just bought a five million dollar house. Oh like, no. Oh, like the, the pain of that, yeah. right? But yeah. But that also shows you proof. Make the calls. Absolutely. Right? We talk about like, if you shake the tree somewhere, an apple is going to fall. Yes. But if you don't shake the tree, it's yeah. not going to happen, right? You got to always yeah. be, metaphorically, you got to always be chumming the water. Oh you, my gosh. You know what I mean? Totally. You have to be in the water, floating around, swimming around, yes. you know? And I, I wasn't. And yeah. I mean, COVID and just focused on that, the YouTube part and the marketing part. Right. And like not putting my head in the donor game. And then we lost. So yeah. that was a fail. Yeah. That was a big fail. Yeah. Because I, I probably could have captured that. But yeah. I they, didn't. So the people watching that are, that are not watching, you're saying that with the biggest smile. <laughs> Where, did did you always have that mindset? Yeah, because I failed so I, I like I hate to keep bringing up law schools like the worst yeah. experience of my life, but or the biggest blessing. Or the biggest blessing because I I promise you up until that point it was a, a pretty you know charmed situation for me sure. just kind of growing up, living life, being a kid, yeah. going to school, and then bam, huge dose of humility with yes. you're not that you know smart you know you're yeah. compared to these guys who are sharks yeah. who are going to eat you alive in yes. a courtroom or whatever and so uh, i don't know where i was going with that but i was just saying because i failed so much in that time of my life mm -hmm. that it's so much easier to talk about a failure with a smile on my face because right. i love it now yeah it kind of brings me color and whenever i see a person too perfect or not willing to talk about their failure it's hard for me to connect with them yeah you know sometimes yeah. people are just so focused on not wanting to share that mm -hmm. side of them or not being like they think it's a big curse to fail right. whether right. in a relationship right. at business in school yes. it's always such a huge competition to be absolutely perfect that it's just i'm not into that yeah and then you listen to the most successful people on the planet like i was i was literally driving in this morning yeah. listening to the slight edge and uh, just, I'd love just this little opening session by Jeff Olson, who wrote this incredible book. But he yes. says, and Tom Watson said, if you want to be successful, you have to double your rate of failure. There you go. Right? I mean, because the more you fail, the more you learn. Yeah. Right? Hey, what, what works? What doesn't work? And most people don't get that. Yeah. So so when you're calling somebody and you're, you're trying to essentially make a pitch, I would imagine... Yes. You know, you said L.A. I wasn't sure if you were just going to stay in Orange County with this with this All over the place. So, yeah. you know, you're talking about thousands of families yes right that you can target right right how do you like what's your script what do you say so right ring 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 okay here we go hello hi tom how are you it's valentina hi, hi From, valentina how can i help you oh well do i, I am, know you or not know you okay you, oh i thought we knew each other well, no, okay let's just say i don't know you. <laughs> okay let's say i'm just some you know some random, random person random, right? okay so, ring 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 hello hi um may i please speak with tom uh this is hi tom my name is valentina with investors philanthropic did i catch you at a bad time uh yes actually you did oh gosh so sorry well if i can have just a few moments um i'd love to share with you something about a charity charitable giving vehicle mm -hmm. that i'm involved with but you're busy right now so is there a better time i could chat with you 
Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, I'll, I'll transfer you over to my assistant, and maybe you guys can schedule like a quick 15-minute call. Perfect. I'd love that. Okay, I'm totally putting you on the spot in the middle of the podcast. That was not actually not too bad, so let me okay. give you a little coaching. Ready? Okay, yes, I'm ready. Never say, is now a good time. Okay. Okay, good. Because Thank what you're you. basically, you're, you're giving them the out to say, not no, really. it's not a good time. <laughs> so it's just, you know, hey, Tom Ferry, I'm calling you. Right. Yeah. I'm curious yeah. and maybe hook them with a question. That is so good. I'm so yeah. happy you told me that because a, I don't know if I, people want to, you know, it's like, you should always ask, are you okay? Are you, are you able to talk? Yes. But you're saying no, don't even No. So here's the thing. I mean, now we're, you know, we're, now we're, we're, going we're in the coaching. middle of a podcast yeah. and now we're coaching, <laughs> uh, but you know, I have a lot of love for this girl. So, <laughs> so th think about it. Like, um, there, there's, you don't want to be rude ever, right, right. right? And so many people don't make the phone call. So many people would have panicked in the middle of this podcast if mm -hmm. I said, give me your script, mm -hmm. right? Because, mm -hmm. ha, 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 right? Like <laughs> people freak out that moment. You did wonderful. Thank Let me just you. start there. Because it's clear you've done that over and over again. Yeah. The whole key is like, I think great marketing doesn't interrupt that person's day. Mm -hmm. Instead, it aligns with things that they're passionate about, yes. right? So they're now more intrigued to step in and say, Tell me more about that. Right. Yeah. So I would not, you know, like not, not in this there. podcast, but instead I would, I would like literally list out, okay, what are the problems that these men and women have, right? That I could solve. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would just list out all the problems that they have. And yeah. then I would say, well, what are the ambitions that they have that my solution solves? And I list out all the solutions and then I would literally a B test mm -hmm. over and over and over until I found something that kind of connected with the vast majority of people. Yes. You with me? But remember, double your rate of failure right. if you want to become more successful. 100%. So you try one approach and you're like, oh, that didn't work. Yeah. Right? Then you right. try, but you have to try it again and again and again because it could have just been one person you called who was just in a crappy mood. Right. You know what I mean, that just happens. Yeah, sure. But if you think about the problem this solves, it's like, hey, we all, you know, we all make donations, mm -hmm. right? Everybody, everybody, you know, I hope everyone listening, yeah. right? Your church or your, you know, whatever, yeah. your kid's school, mm -hmm. whatever you're passionate about, right? So, so we all do something, yeah. right? And it mm -hmm. could be your time, not always your money. But, you know, you, you give money. We all give money. I'm just curious. Do you like to see your money where you have a little more control of it? and get the immediate tax credit, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Like something like some little- Some little hook like that. Hook like that's that. exactly And they're like, it. well, what are you talking about? Yeah. So that's what I've been doing in my lunch meetings. And Tell me. So that's what, people that I've been meeting though are people that kind of know me. Sure. Or that that's know, know me good. through somebody else. Sure. So that's kind of been the, the blessing and the beauty yes. where it's not a, a complete cold call yeah. where they don't know me at all. Yes. Um, so when I speak with them, they say, okay, so what is a donor advised fund? Yes. And I go right into it. It's a yeah. charitable giving vehicle. You basically mm -hmm. get your immediate tax deduction. Mm -hmm. We take all kinds of charitable assets, real estate, mm -hmm. you know, jewelry, artwork, you know, obviously the, your basics, cash yeah. and yeah. stocks. Yeah. Um, and then once you give it, your investment advisor, comes on in mm -hmm. and now you're working with the person that you're already very familiar with and they reinvest it for you and then it grows tax-free. Once they hear that tax-free part yeah. and then they can give it away at right. any point in time, they can even let it grow as a legacy piece for their mm -hmm. children who are children mm -hmm. yep. and then grow up to be adults and have a passion for something. Because at the moment there are no laws in place for donor advised funds yes. to, to give out everything or a, a portion every year. Yes. I mean, there might be some sure. point in time, yeah. but a lot of people because like of those attorneys, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but now, but for, so, the, yeah. for the person listening, mm -hmm. can you hear how, how many times she said that script before? Because you just like this, <laughs> like just on point, perfect eye contact. Oh, yeah. This yes. is what we do. Right. Right. So, so 
did you ever think you'd be in sales? Because you're really in this sales. This is sales. Yes. Oh my gosh, which yeah. is such a crack up yeah. because the chairman was like, you need to go out and, you know, pretty much sale. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whoa, you know, I like talking to people. I like building relationships. Yes. You know, I, I don't know about the sales part. What do you mean? And then I mentioned. But that's sales. That's sales. But you know yes. what? And then I started, but you didn't know that. You no. Didn't, you didn't understand that. And yeah. then I put it all into perspective. You, yeah. Even if you're a doctor, you're selling yourself. Of course. And a lawyer. And Everyone Sean, a tennis club guy. Yes. He's, so everybody is selling no matter what you're doing. A teacher, you're selling yourself to the students to like you and the parents to like yep. you and the principal to keep mm -hmm. you on. Yeah. So I feel like everything in life is pretty much sales. I agree. And now I, I know that even more so. And so when I was coming on your podcast and I told the chairman, he's like, thank God, hopefully he'll teach you to be more comfortable <laughs> in selling. Because <laughs> I was like, no, 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 I don't want to sell. Can I hire somebody? Can yeah. I hire a team member? Sure, sure. I think the, um, so, you know, it's interesting, you know, the real estate industry is going through all these crazy changes and it always has and it always will, like all business, right? Everything evolves and, you know, improves. Yeah. But but fundamentally where, where our industry has suffered is you get all these beautiful people that, that love houses, that love people, but don't understand that there is an art and science mm -hmm. to being influential. Yeah. That that Barack Obama was very intentional mm -hmm. when he was out, you know, doing speeches before he became the president. Right. Bill Clinton, very similar. Like the, these these polished, charismatic mm -hmm. presenters. Yes. They're in sales. For the sure. Politicians are totally. They're either really great sales. I mean, they can they can lie on camera, and you're still like, okay, I'm buying it, yeah. right? Like, you, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But that's an art form. So I would challenge you just in the next evolution of your business is to, you know, study, read, go watch 50 videos just on influence, neuro-linguistic programming, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Think, things that are, you know, very tactical that just help every person watching and listening improve. Because at the end of the day, if I can be influential, I can help more people. Yes. Right? And it, it doesn't mean you can't sell people that don't want to buy what you have. Yeah. People, you know, For you, sure. You, you, no one wants to be closed. No. You with me? Yeah. But everybody wants to buy. Yeah. And if you don't believe that, check your Amazon, you know, account, right? Yeah. You know exactly what I'm, like everybody loves to buy. Totally. But people don't like to be sold. So right. so how do you create that relationship? Exactly. Where the yes becomes automatic and and, and the objections and the conditions along the way just become issues that you have to help people overcome right. so they can make a good decision. It's, Not for you, for them. Yeah. It's such a it's it's like an art it's it is. A, definitely a form of art. I agree. And uh, recently I went to the to a hotel out here and there was a family mm -hmm. visiting from Los Angeles and they didn't know what I did because they only knew my, what my husband did sure. and because I was invited through Sean. Yep. And then um, I mentioned, well, I'm in philanthropy mm -hmm. and I was just kind of being very coy about it. Sure. You know, yeah, I yeah. didn't want to. This was Sean's gig. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And then the more they asked me, the more I got into it and kind of peeled that layer yeah. of the onion. Yeah. And yeah. then they said, well, we were considering a private family foundation. We didn't even know about right. the donor advised fund right. option. Can our family manager contact you and you give them more information? And I thought, this was an awesome meeting. Oh, you know, I completely showed up uh -huh. for my husband. Yep. And it turned into a really great conversation and educating somebody right. who was going to do a completely different thing. Right. So that I love that part because it yeah. was like a soft sale. It was like not even a sale. It turned well, into they were like a prying you for the information. Right. Remember, like in all things, right? So what's so great about the world is if you if you just say to someone, like you know, even today, you get on an airplane, right? And I yes. have COVID, right? But like just in, in in real world, normal times, right? Yeah. You get on an airplane. So what do you do? 
Right. <laughs> right. What do you do? What do you do? I mean, like, I, I am that person. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the elevator and I'm like, hey, man, we got nine <laughs> floors. What do, you, what, what do you do? What do you guys do with the 10th floor? Right. But but I found that when when you are genuinely interested, yeah. people reciprocate that right back. Yes. Right. And that's where like a lot of my clients kill it because they're like, oh, so what do you do? Oh, well, you know, I, blah, blah, blah. what do you do? Oh, you know, I help people, you know, I'm first time buyers. I help mm -hmm. da, 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 da. I work mm -hmm. with people to increase their net worth through buying real estate or I help them buy their dream home. And yes. like, oh, right. Right. But again, having that like that unique selling proposition for you like what is different and unique about what you do versus what everybody else does yes that's what we should work on next absolutely i would love not that. during this podcast but we'll do it in, oh please post the podcast oh my yes, gosh please yes, yes. I, that would hey i'm there sign me up all right so i want to i want to end with this question yes you know you are you're so joyful you got so much energy you got all this like all this fun and love and passion Thank and you. you got two young babies <laughs> And you got a crazy husband who yeah. I've known for a long time, yeah. right? And and he is like, Sean, if you're listening, you're nutso, but I mean <laughs> nutso in the most entrepreneurial, beautiful way. Yeah. How do you keep it all together? Because you <sighs> got this plus three other kids, one being Sean. Yeah, no, you're right. You're so, and I know I'm not alone in this, no. you know, role. There's so many amazing women. Yes. Um, your wife included, just yes. like who juggle it somehow. Yeah. And. I can tell you so many funny stories about Sean, like literally calling me while I'm trying to work. Right. Like he's now home and I will leave the house at 6 p.m. Yeah. to come to my office from like six to 10, let's yes. just say. And he calls me and says, oh, well, the lemonade's not cold or something crazy. And I'm like, Sean, <laughs> what? You're a grown ass man. <laughs> I love you. Put an I'm ice like, cube in really? it, Really, seriously? <laughs> yeah. But so that was just- How do I change the diaper with a tennis ball? <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Just weird things yeah. like how like women have to somehow manage it all. So like, okay, my two kids. What you What's your best? My okay, having a good school number one. So thank you, Oak Ridge. Yeah. I just put my the school on. Like I just this school was open for the summertime too. Mm -hmm. So I, the school helped a lot. Just yes. have so my kids are seven and five, and I was home with them from March, April, May. Yeah. And obviously everybody was home too. So it wasn't yeah. like a big action filled time yes. to begin yes. with, but it was really stressful because you know, it was just hard. And so the hack, the hack is basically, you know, like, you know, waking up early, mm -hmm. going to bed kind of late, but making sure all the lunches are packed and mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, giving Sean a comfortable environment where he can thrive because mm -hmm. you know he's kind of a one-minded one-track yeah. minded yep. person yep. his focus is the tennis industry developing his players mm -hmm. tennis club mm -hmm. his members pickleball mm -hmm. events like there's a lot in that mind of his yep. so I tr I've learned and this is funny because we actually had a conversation with Gary yep. when we first met him back at um, Complex Con yeah. in Long Beach a few yeah. years ago yep. Sean literally goes up to Gary and says, man, I got to thank you. And Gary's like, what? He's like, you taught my wife to understand the life of an entrepreneur. Yep. And like you always say about your wife, like she, yep. Gary's wife understands his yep. desire to be out there and yeah. this and that. So, you know, he got a kick out of that. Cause I did, I actually finally learned what it takes to be the wife of an entrepreneur. Like yeah. you just have to let them be so they can breathe and do their thing. Yeah. So once I got that into my mind, I kind of stopped giving Sean any kind of fatherly responsibilities and duties. And whenever he was there, it was awesome. Like yeah. show up when you can, which, you know, for a lot of people, that would be really a shame. For sure. You Some know, people like, hear that and be like, oh, that's horrible. I know. But you'd be stifling. You'd be choking your husband if, totally. if you told him he couldn't work as much as he works. And he'd not be the greatest dad to our kids either. Yeah. He would get frustrated yeah. and whatever and think about work while he's with them. So I'd rather him come to it with us 
with a clear mind yeah. and all in. And be present. And be present. Yeah. So once I got that situated in my head, um, and I hired a babysitter. Yeah, I say, because that put a lot of responsibility on you. Yeah, I became the father and the yes. mother, essentially. Yeah. And I have a group of girlfriends who are awesome from the school, and they yeah. actually have husbands that are the same. Like, I have a friend who has a fireman, um, yeah. you know, husband That's who's away. 24-7, yeah. not seven, but 24 hours a day for a yeah. couple of days a week, and then off for a couple of days. And yeah. yeah, and so yeah. she she has, so we kind of, you connect with the people who feel right. you. Yeah, So That's having the, the village, support the village group. is so, that support group um, yeah. is, is a hack. And yeah. that was a blessing to find. So once yeah. you find that group, it's like you cherish them because they help you along your journey. Right. And then um, the school system, just whatever school is great for your mm. lifestyle. Yes. And so I, during this weird time, I couldn't even imagine being anywhere else but where we were. Mm -hmm. And I was so grateful to them. And they're literally like a text message away. Yeah. So as a mom, I my biggest advice to other moms is really get close with the administration of the school. Right. Don't be afraid to be like, you know, can I text you maybe and check in? Or or what what not like I my parents never did that I was in public school there yeah. no yeah. way my mom would ever at that time there wasn't text but imagine yeah. her texting my my principal at that time like yeah. never yeah. whereas I'm in great contact with them so that's another hack mm -hmm. in terms of having the kids. a better relationship having so the can, be yeah. better relationship yeah. village letting my husband be who he is having a good school support system and then having flexible work hours yeah. and just working around the kids activities and finding the right people to meet at the right time and so not being like bound to an eight to five schedule yeah type of thing with work yeah so it sounds like you schedule family and then you schedule all your work around that yeah yeah pretty that's much that's a hack in and of itself right are you happy i'm i love that question and i i want to say absolutely yes yeah you know but i also know there's so many days where i'm I don't want to say not not happy, yeah. but like struggling, you know, just right. to get through because yeah. I'm human. Yes. But I think more than happy, I'm so darn grateful. Yeah. I'm just so grateful. Even for the days that I'm not happy, I just walk into the, like, for example, the tennis club. I'm just so grateful to have this outdoor space yes. where our family and friends, yeah. you know, yeah. and community can come and like play an awesome sport and like have a good time. And now during coronavirus, this, the space has been a, like a joy to have because people are outdoors and they, yeah. they don't have to be as you know worried. So I get really grateful for that opportunity. And then I get, when I walk into my office, I get grateful just to like see all the piles of paper and all the magazines and philanthropy round table and all the reading I have to do and mm -hmm. building something from ground up. I'm like, whoa, this is a cool opportunity. And yes. I'm reading about things that I really like and I'm not reading about people's problems and yes. fighting somebody's case. Yeah. Just going home and being grateful for, even though my bedroom set is still not set up. <laughs> oh my God. Sean, of course, never had time to set up our yes. bedroom set. I still am grateful for that bedroom and just sleeping in that fluffy pillow, mm -hmm. you know, just weird things like that. So I, I think above everything, gratitude. Yeah, I think uh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. So, hey, as we, as we wrap this up, is there a website if they want to check out information? Where sure. do they go? Can they follow you on Instagram? Like, give, yeah. it, give us the scoop really quick. Where, where do we find you? So, Joy of Giving. So, mm -hmm. what, well, I'll give you that. It's on Instagram. It's um, Joy of Giving IP mm -hmm. for Instagram page or yep. Investors Film yep. Topic. Joy of Giving IP. And then the website is www.joyofgiving.org. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Well, Valentina, thank you. And thank you for being on the journey and just being so open about, you know, the losses and the upsets and the challenges and, and the real struggle of, you know, being being in an entrepreneurial relationship and all that stuff but 
Girl, you do it well. Thank you, you so well. much. Thanks, Tom, for having me. So follow her on Instagram. Check out what she's doing. Look into this. I mean, maybe this is something you could be a part of in some way, or it's just one more thing that you know about. So when you're talking to your clients, you can say, well, have you ever considered something like this? Right? Just it's one more tool in their toolbox, one more piece of awareness that maybe someone didn't know about yeah. that now they know about. I would love that. Yeah. So thank you so much. All right, guys. We'll see you soon on the next podcast. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.